Well, good morning, CCBS online family. It is great to be with you this morning. Um, it's such a privilege to be able to speak, to bring God's word to you this morning. My prayer is that you will be greatly encouraged, that you will sense his presence deeply working in your spirit as I speak this morning, bringing life, bringing hope, bringing joy to you today. Um, I've got a, the privilege this morning of kickstarting a new series, a new short series that's going to see us through uh, to the end of the month of August. We're going to be looking at Empowered in Work. Uh, and many of us across the nation, if you haven't been working um, because of lockdown restrictions and furloughing, etc., etc., there is in this season, we know, a, a general trend. People are going back to work. That may well still be that you're working at home. But our prayer is that in this season, as we join the workforce of our nation, that we will be going back into our workplaces empowered, that we'll be going back into our workplaces full of expectation of the good things that our God is going to do in us and through us and in our various environments over this coming season. Um, this is uh, the last one of a series entitled Empowered, which we actually started way back uh, last September. Um, so you may remember we started with Empowered uh, by Community, and then we moved into Empowered by Faith. Uh, that was followed by Empowered by Holy Spirit. That got a little bit sh uh, cut short because of the coronavirus outbreak, uh, and we flipped over and began to focus on being empowered by prayer um, for a bit of a season there. So now we come to the end of, uh, of this long, year-long season, Empowered, and we trust that you've got the message into your hearts that God wants his people to be empowered. He doesn't want us to be going through life feeling weak, feeling uh, visionless, feeling that we're just getting by, that we're just about holding on with, the, uh, with, our, with our fingertips to life, but he wants us to be people who are empowered by his presence and therefore have our hearts full of aspiration and vision for the things that he wants to do amongst us. We're in for a treat over the next few weeks. We've got some uh, different preachers. You're not going to have to look at the same old faces. Praise God for that. Um, we're going to be having a number of people. Dan Pierce coming up uh, the next week, then Bernita Appia, uh, Rich Home following on after that, and then Ollie and Catherine with a double act, I believe, towards the end of August. It's going to be a great season, and as I say, I pray that you will be hugely impacted and encouraged by it. I wonder, do you realize that God has a dream for your life? Yeah, really. He has a dream for your life. He doesn't just kind of look at you and think, well, yeah, you, you can get through for a while until you finally get to glory. He looks at you and me, his sons and daughters, and he says, I have a dream for you to become all that I have designed in you to become. I want you to, to represent me in this world. I want to put my glory into you so that you get to reflect me wherever you go, whatever you do. 
Um, I picked up a book recently. This is a, a superb little book called Scattered Servants by Alan Scott. And it's going to be one that we're going to recommend hard to you over the next number of weeks and months, perhaps. Um, but there's something in here that speaks of this dream that God has for each and every one of us. Let me read. This is just from within the first couple of pages in the introduction. The dream of God over your life is not that you become a believer and help out the local church. Yes, you heard me right. The dream of God over your life is that you come alive in his presence and bring life to every environment, spilling contagious hope into hurting humanity. I love that. Let me read that last little bit again. The dream of God over your life is that you come alive in his presence and bring life to every environment, spilling contagious hope into hurting humanity. That's his dream. That's his, his passion. I think that um, puts it so incredibly well. He longs for you and I to be people who are so full of his presence, so envisioned, so um, full of hope and the, the glory of his indwelling amongst us that we overspill into this world around us. That no matter what we do, no matter where we go, that all of our environments, whether you, whether you sell strawberries in the street market or stocks and shares on the stock market, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what you do, whether you're paid or unpaid. His desire is that we live with such an intimate connection and such an, a, a, an undaunted confidence in his delight in us that wherever we go, we overspill with this contagious hope that draws the question from the people that he has placed around us, where they, where they say to us, why are you? the way you are? Why do you live this way? Why do you carry such hope? Why is your life characterized by such joy? And then we get to say to them, it's because of my Lord. It's because of Jesus. It's because he's real. It's because he's in me. Wherever you go, and as you do so, therefore, we get to transform our societies. We get to transform our homes, our neighborhoods, our workplaces. They all begin to reflect his goodness and his glory. Now, I've got to be honest with you. When I was younger, um, I had a very distorted view. Uh, I was bought into this mindset um, that would, I guess you could describe it in terms of the, the sacred and the secular. There was this divide in my mind that there were some uh, employment, some types of work that were sacred. And they were at the top of the pile. You know, the highest of the high was the missionary. Uh, those ones who kind of seem to float, glide into our presence once every now and again from some far off nation. And they would deliver a preach that would just blow our socks off. And we thought, wow, wow, God must really love those people. They were at the top of the, of the pile. Then came the full-time ministers, the church leaders. Uh, those uh, underneath them were the part-time ones, the youth workers, the children's workers, etc., etc. Then we got into the kind of hazy gray area where some people who worked in the charity sector, well, let's face it, we, we applaud them. That nurses and doctors, they come in there pretty high up. And gradually it goes down and down and down. This is so wrong, but I'm just explaining what I used to think. And we get to the bottom of the pile. Maybe those were the advertising executives. I don't know what they were, but they were certainly careers and vocations that as a young person, I did not aspire to because I thought God didn't value them. 
how wrong was I? How incredibly wrong was I? I want to say, if you have grown up in a church environment that has pushed that kind of um, belief system onto you, then I apologize on behalf of the church because that is not God's heart. God's heart, as that quote has just told us, is that wherever we go, every environment is in need of his presence. Every environment is in need of his love and his glory and his design. There is no sacred, secular divide. Every job that you do tomorrow, the next week, wherever you go, everything is an opportunity for the King of Kings to walk in through you and to bring his glory. I want to validate every, uh, every job, every workplace, every career, every vocation, everything that you give yourself to has the opportunity to be used by the King of glory to bring his kingdom. I want us to hear that message so very clearly. You see, all of the church, the, the gathered church, all of the church is within his kingdom. But not all of his kingdom is within his church. It's the church, the gathered church is a subset of the much greater thing, which is his kingdom, which pervades everywhere, which goes into every corner of the globe, every aspect of society. And we are called to be salt and light into every single aspect of society. That is God's original call way back at the start, way back in the Garden of Eden in the book of Genesis. And I want us to go there together today just to, to try to underline some of this truth. So let me read to you from Genesis chapter 1. Got it on my phone here. Genesis chapter 1 and verses 26 through 28. This is where God is outlining his plan, his intention for humanity before sin and imperfection ever came into the world. His desire is outlined in this way. Genesis 1, 26. Then God said, let us make human beings in our image to be like us. They will reign over the fish of the sea the birds of the sky, the livestock, the wild animals on the earth, and the small animals that scurry along on the ground. So God created human beings in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. Then God blessed them and said, be fruitful and multiply. Fill the earth and govern it. Reign over the fish of the sea, the birds of the sky, all the animals that scurry along the ground. That is God's commission to Adam and Eve. And it's still God's commission to you and I today. Our God does not change. He is the same yesterday, today and forever. And his intention is still as it was back then when he spoke to Adam and Eve and he commissioned them. It says in verse 28, then God blessed them and said, be fruitful and multiply. Fill the earth and govern it. And that is our commission. Adam and Eve, from a place of intimacy and presence with the living God, were commissioned to go forth to fill the earth, to multiply. Now, that doesn't just mean to have kids. It means to take the perfection that they have observed in God's presence, to take the beauty and the order and the peace and the, 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 the joy of Eden 
and to take that out into the surrounding chaos. They were commissioned to carry his glory. And you and I have that same commission to enter into his presence from that place of presence, from that place of intimacy, from that place of knowing that we are his children, that we are loved and that we are empowered by his spirit. We too are commissioned to fill the earth, not fill the church. We're to fill the earth to fill our workplaces, to fill our homes, to fill our streets with the knowledge of his glory. Just think about that. Your work is a place where you have been commissioned to carry his perfection. In Luke's gospel, chapter 19, verse 10, it tells us there that Jesus Christ came to seek and to save that which was lost. And we've got to ask ourselves, what is the that that was lost? Of course, it includes humanity. It includes uh, the the people whom God loves, who've turned their backs on him, never want to downplay that in any way. But there was more than just that that was lost. The beauty of Eden, the beauty of his presence, the beauty of man walking with God in the cool of the day, in conversation, in intimate relationship, that was lost. And also the commission, the empowered commission that God gave to man was lost as Adam and Eve sinned and turned their back on God and embraced the serpent and they went into sin. They went into their own way. But Jesus came to seek and to save that which was lost. He came to reestablish us into that original commission. Jesus' death and resurrection from the cross has won for us a reestablishment of that perfect commission. We are now again in that place of perfect relationship with the Father, just as Adam and Eve were. Jesus has done that for us. Because of Jesus, we have now received the empowering of the Holy Spirit that we go not in our own strength, but we go in his strength. And so we too are to go and to fill the earth and to subdue it and to govern it with his principles from his presence to bring his glory. Let me read to you another quote from another fantastic book, a couple of great books this morning. This one is called Terra Nova. It's a new book by Julian Adams, a fantastic prophetic voice. Uh, Terra Nova means new earth. And this is a, a wonderful vision of what God desires for his people to be in this season. Let me read to you a quote from here where he speaks about this new Eden. God's original intent is still his intent. He wants to partner with us to extend his garden, his kingdom, over the chaos of this world so that things become beautiful and filled with the delights of God. Our God has not changed. His intention for you and I is the same as it was for Adam and Eve, that we would carry his glory into the whole earth and that people would therefore see and come into relationship with this glorious God. This is our commission, our world. The world that you will step into tomorrow is longing for a demonstration from sons and daughters of the living God who live in intimate connection with him and who are dedicated to, commit to, to displaying his glory 
and his love and his majesty, that people will see in you an expression of the beauty of Eden and be drawn to explore, be drawn to come to the one who wants to give them life. This world, our world, is longing for Eden-conscious men and women who will go boldly and courageously with expectation of God turning up all around us with that difficult person at work, with that impossible neighbor, with that challenging relative. When God goes with us and he goes with us every day, 24-7, we can expect to see him transform this world around us. The answer that our world is longing for is not to be found in big meetings. Of course, we can't do that at the moment. The answer that they are longing for is not going to be found in flashy church services and wonderful PowerPoint presentations, as much as I love those things. The answer is in Holy Spirit-empowered, Eden-conscious men and women like you and I, sons and daughters, who go out into this world, not with the message that says, we're right, you're wrong, please don't do that, but go with the message that says, God loves you. Go with the message that says he is the restorer. He is the one who comes with compassion, with kindness, with love, and he wants to set you free. Let's make our lives expressions of freedom, expressions of gratitude that will captivate people around us. Just as I close off, I want you to imagine your workplace, your place of vocation. As I say, it doesn't matter whether you're paid a million pounds or you're paid nothing. I want you to imagine where God has placed you, your garden of Eden, your place of influence. And I want you to invite the Holy Spirit right in this moment, just to begin to unfold for you some of the possibilities, some of those things that, that you've just considered too difficult. And I want you to invite him to lead you there with expectation for breakthrough. I'm going to pray, I'm going to invite uh, the Holy Spirit to empower us afresh. He'll do it every day, every moment of every day. And then let's be expectant this week of seeing his kingdom come, seeing his glory revealed. He's a wonderful God. Let's pray together. Father, I thank you that you've never changed. I thank you that your commission is still the same and that, Lord, it starts in this place of intimacy with you. I thank you that, Lord God, you have uh, done everything for us so that we can come into this place of knowing you intimately, personally, and powerfully. And that we also now get to carry this beauty of your presence, the beauty of Eden into our workplaces, into our homes, into whatever tomorrow holds with the expectation of seeing you bring transformation. Lord, you have never changed your agenda and you never will for you are the unchanging, ever loving, ever kind, ever generous, ever faithful God. We thank you. What a privilege to walk with you. What a privilege to work with you in these days. Amen. Amen, folks. That's where we'll leave it today. I want to encourage you not to just rush off. Uh, you don't have to do that. Please hang around at the end uh, of this message. There will be opportunity for you to connect. If you are new to us, 
congratulations, you've made it this far. Um, there is a special Zoom opportunity for you to meet up with some of our team who would just love to connect with you and help you to find your home with us. For CCBS members, you know the score by now. I'm sure you will have received through eNews this week the necessary Zoom information to connect up for members' coffee um, and uh, also just for prayer opportunities if that's what you would like to do. Take every opportunity to connect with God's people. Take every opportunity to connect with the one who loves you with an intensity that is unfathomable. I want to pray that you have a great week and we look forward to seeing you again very, very soon. Bye.